this is the thing I love about freemium, honestly, is that it, 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 it frees you up to create value among, along many other dimensions than you can do in 14 days or seven days or 30 days on a trial. It's like, how would you, (laughs) that can't be a trigger. The one I just described can't be a trigger in 14 days. I mean, (laughs) no, no, no one's going to need that in 14 days. It just, it doesn't make sense. recording hello peter hello i'm just gonna check twitter one more time on air (laughs) you know those days like when you have a little launch it's like you're addicted to twitter that was me yesterday i can't stop checking it would have been you yesterday too except you were on uh well scotland time denmark time still oh denmark time okay cabin time i don't know where my i don't know where my co-host is <laughs> i'm all over the place yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> whenever i tell you i'm chopping wood it's because i'm in my cabin in denmark that makes and sense when i'm okay playing my bagpipe it's when i'm in scotland <laughs> <laughs> that's great oh cool man so uh, well, this week has been an uptrending curve for me I That's guess good. it couldn't be much worse <laughs> than it was last week. <laughs> and uh, I want to give a huge shout out to like, apparently we have listeners because like a bunch of people reached out to me and they were super encouraging and nice and some people who wanted to talk about freemium as well. So yeah, yeah we, I, we had some uns- unsolicited, solicited, definitely solicited. <laughs> I don't know why I said unsolicited, but it just uh, voluntary uh, inbound email um yeah after the last episode it was awesome which i thought was really cool yeah it felt good didn't it yeah it was like its own kind of oh oh like did you feel that (laughs) yeah i was like okay i need to start thinking about what i say on this podcast (laughs) yeah yeah uh which is exciting and i do want to respond to the one uh email about freemium in particular um but we can we can save that after the after the excited pleasantries here, because we, we need to know more about why you're checking Twitter like this. <laughs> yeah, man. So the, the Pantheon blog post I did for them, like the announcement post of the integration that I've been building with them went live last night. And, uh, I actually, I am, I'm unsure like when they're going to start promoting it because <laughs> they haven't done any promotion yet, but I do know that they have some social media stuff lined up. Um, so I guess that's probably coming out next week, but I uh, I cheated a little bit, so I started sharing it on Twitter today, and it it got a little traction. And then, <laughs> nice. um, yeah, it is nice. And another thing that's really nice is, so I always uh, kind of like append the tweet to my original launch tweet or announcement tweet of Branch um, yeah, from back in November. Idea. Yeah, and I just realized today that it had almost sixty thousand impressions which I think is insane. That's awesome. Um, so apparently this stuff works. <laughs> it, it does. There's a, there's a fair, you know, mini tongue in cheek backlash against the Twitter launch, but I'm, it's a very engaged medium. And yeah, uh, it is. I have to say, I have to say it's been rewarding. You put a little in and you get a bunch out. Yeah. And it's definitely a game you play like, <laughs> There are different oh, yes. tricks and stuff you can do. 
Um, oh yes. Yep. You can up like your level. Asking people to help you share stuff is a really good tactic that I got from Adam Wathen. He's like, just like a few minutes before that's what I did on the original tweet. Like a few minutes before it goes out, just like ask Twitter, like tell them that you're gonna share something soon that you wanted to help out. And then like when it goes out, tweet that and tell people again, this is the thing I want like will you help me out? And a lot of people will do that. That's great. Yeah, they will. Yeah. People want to help people and they want good content in their feeds too. So yeah, it's good. Nice. And uh, the first, so even without any promotion yesterday, the first user started signing up, which was cool. Uh, one guy, he definitely won the award of fastest, fastest uh, self-serve onboard time ever. I think it took him he signed up at 9.04 and he was fully onboarded and connected every pro, like his GitHub account and his first project at 9.05, so one minute later. Yes, activation <laughs> in 60 seconds. Yeah, so that felt pretty good as well. Um, but yeah, I guess on the Pantheon stuff, I'll have to keep everyone in suspense because, I mean, they haven't really started promoting it and I guess that's the real... It's when the real stuff is going to happen, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. milestone, man. Because um, we'll just have to wait and see. You're on your way. We will. You, you had and we, you had a little we'll launch as well. <laughs> I did. I did. As I as I was telling you over Slack or last, last time we talked uh, today, a little earlier, it was... It's like, why did I have another launch? Like, oh yeah, I had to, had to build a whole other product. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, you know, it's funny. I woke up yesterday morning and I was staring at the investor view of the product, and I just kind of had this weird feeling like it's just not, it's just not quite there yet. Like something's missing. And thought about it, and then I, I had this realization of like, okay, it's just a table. It's like a list of, of startups that you have invested in and that you're tracking uh, the metrics of. I was like, you know, that's a little lackluster. Like I need to, I need to do, make it look a little bit more like a dashboard. So I, I had this couple seconds where I just thought, should I, am I actually going to do this? And I just did it. I rolled up my sleeves and I dove in and I created a chart and a table of like companies with the biggest amount of growth over the last month that are in your portfolios. And like I added to the top, I completely redesigned the, the, the page. And then by the end of the day, I tweeted out a screenshot, uh, an anonymized screenshot of one of those. And I said, it's live and started sending out invites. And from those invites, I had two, I mean, I, I how many did I send out? Three. And I think two accepted and out of those two, both invited me to connect to their portfolio, which I thought was a fun, <laughs> a fun move. Like <laughs> I had this kind of blank slate problem of like, okay, you load it up and it says your portfolio is empty, but you don't yet have anybody's buy-in to accept an invitation because they don't know what this thing is. And so it's, it's empty. So I told both of them, like, go ahead and invite me uh, to your portfolio to get started. And they did. <laughs> and they did. So that's funny. Um, and that, yeah. And then once they saw that, they're like, oh, I get it. So now they've invited others. Um, and that feels really good. It, this is a, yeah, it, it, it feels good to have this out there and know it's working. The referral system's working. The invitations are working. Like 
yeah, it was a heavy lift and I just kind of crashed yesterday afternoon after getting it out there. Also checking Twitter neurotically, I might <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it felt really good to get it out there. Yeah, man. Well, congrats on your investor launch. Investor launch. Yeah. And I, I'm excited too, because they're inviting startups. So I, I think, I believe I will have another, at least 10 startups connected by the end of the month uh, and activated to the free product because of those Not investors. Bad. So yeah. And, and that could, that could scale um, very easily because one of them has hundreds of companies in their portfolio. Um, actually two of them do I, I invited three actually I take that back i invited three yesterday and two of them have hundreds of companies in, in their portfolio so this is going to be the next well i won't spoil the next part of the episode but we need to talk about q4 we do um so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about the call we just had an hour ago about strategy and okrs mm, i like it yeah and i'm gonna try to segment into freemium as well <laughs> just being transparent <laughs> here we go okay let's see if i can do this um yeah so we just had a call like two hours ago maybe trying to basically me asking you to get the same awesome okr overview roadmap thing for q4 that i've seen you have for q3 and um mm -hmm. you're really good at this stuff man thank you <laughs> it was thank you it was very helpful <laughs> Um, I'm glad. And we kind of, we, we ended up talking about uh, Dave McClure's our uh, pirate metric thing mm -hmm. um, and decided for me that the two things I was going to focus on was acquisition and activation. Yeah. Um, and that is basically kind of like coming from all the talk about freemium that kind of surfaced la in the last episode and has just been like burning through my brain this whole week while I was chopping wood. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't stop thinking about freemium. And um, so so basically me focusing on acquisition and activation primarily in the next quarter means that there's other things in like the R pirate metric thing that I want to focus on. And one <laughs> of them is revenue. So basically I'll be postponing the revenue part a little bit um, which I've decided at least makes sense to try. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's like kind of my segue into the freemium talk. Um, so what's your what's your objective for Q4? My objective, I can read it out loud. Okay, so my Q4 objective is to assemble an engine to acquire and activate new users onto branch. And the funny thing about this was that you literally copied and pasted it into your own Notion page. That's uh, right. Because apparently we have a lot of the same ideas. I think our go-to-markets are very similar. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So like the, the key results basically are to focus on increasing the number of users that has a working build pipeline so basically they're fully activated and they're connected their github accounts and they're like i'm hooked into their daily workflow and mm -hmm. they're kind of hooked um and also increasing just the in general the amount of signups which is going to be a combination of referrals from partners like hosting companies 
but also I really want to spend some more time on content marketing because that's one of the things that I think I'm really good at is creating content. Um, and it's just something I haven't really plugged into too much yet. And I think I really need to start doing that. That also mean like I'll have to grow the organic traffic by some percent. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I also want to try to like focus on having a fixed amount of signups or not a fixed, but like having a specific number uh, of signups from hosting partners that I'll try to reach. Um, yeah. So basically that's good. That's what we have so, so far. There's still a little cool. few blanks to fill in. Yeah. But the, the idea is that if you, and you're going to quantify each of those, but if you yeah. put numbers on those and you hit them, I think the image in your mind is uh, as you enjoy your mulled wine this holiday season. <laughs> if if someone asks how Branch is going, you can say, well, I spent the last 90 days assembling an engine that acquires and activates new users. Yeah. And that sets me up really well for Q1. Yep. It's great. Yeah. I, uh, I just had a, <laughs> my emergency call with Rob because uh, <laughs> a week ago I was like, I really want to talk to you. Um, <laughs> I need a motivational speech. And uh, I was like, I'm going to, I can't, like, I couldn't deal with it before, like, after all the Pantheon stuff was out. So we ended up doing it today. And uh, that guy, yeah. he really delivered. <laughs> it was, it's, it was yeah. really good. Yeah. That's great. It was, it was helpful. Yeah. So now he I just need to convince very, very him to, on the freemium part as well. <laughs> He's not against it at all. He's just like, are you, he said the same thing as you said. Like, are you aware of the risks that like, <laughs> yeah. are, are you aware of the risks that you're about to take by riding this ride? Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, it, it, I really enjoyed. So you linked me this morning to the, um, Heaton and Steli startup chat episode, uh, back from what was a replay. Um, but it was a replay yeah. of one of their first startup chat episodes when it was called, I think just the world's best business podcast or whatever. I, I think they did a renaming, <laughs> but point is they really went at it. I'll say on freemium, which is really cool. Um, and Heaton's point was just, just be intentional about it. Yeah. Design this design, what you're doing. And I think for you, the fact that, um, other CICD players or, or uh, companies, you know, are doing freemium. It's a fairly, I wouldn't say totally straightforward. There's room for creativity, but I don't think you need to worry about validation of, you know, are developers willing to pay for CICD solutions that have certain features? I mean, do you feel pretty good that the answer is yes for branch, just like for other CICD services? Yeah. And I mean, there are quite a few agencies that are already paying for solutions just not for branch and it's like yeah i'm like i guess my innovation or my like my differentiation is that i'm building a tool for wordpress developers specifically i don't know that i necessarily need to have an innovative innovative pricing model like why is that where i need to innovate right Um, yeah no (laughs) save your save your risks i mean anytime you innovate like that you're creating some risk that it doesn't work because you're you know you're trying new things and there's no reason to add risk to you know you're going to delay you postpone monetization but in in a sense the risk you're creating 
isn't whether or not this will make money. The risk you're creating is, can you wait until then? <laughs> right. Unless you give the farm away, of course, but that's that's where the yeah. intentional part is coming. That's the intentional play. part. And you you'd say those lines are pretty clear for you. I think so, because I mean, I can literally just cut rip off like what everyone else is doing. <laughs> There's a pretty yeah. straightforward way to do it, like limit the amount of builds, mm -hmm. um, limit team features, limit paralyzation features, stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. I, I think mean, so. if you've ever been in a like on a dev team where you had to wait for like other people's builds to finish. And like your manager sees you sitting there like waiting for 10 minutes for like before it's your turn to like have your pull requests being built. Like yeah. it's pretty obvious that you want to pay for like a faster solution. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea too is I have <laughs> the section. This section of the podcast is not about SimSAS, but you know, there are builds and there are processing that take place on my uh, investor accounts and startup accounts. And I could totally see that being a, at an investment firm where you have many analysts working on yeah. forecasts at the same time. <laughs> yeah, the idea of, you know, being stuck in line behind a bunch of the people who are working on this free tool. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. That doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. It's cool. Yeah. So well, like, good. I'm pretty, I'm pretty set on like at least trying it out. Yeah. And uh, giving it a good, a good shot. Um, I did do some more like research on freemium because I know now I'm super interested in it. Um, mm -hmm. So there's another Heaton Sean Steli podcast startup chat from 2017 where they talked like they kind of resurfaced the topic. Um, and Steli asks Heaton if he still like feels the same way, and he's like, "I feel the same way, but stronger." Um, nice. So you can check that one out as well. I also, cool. I watched a video with Dan Martell and he oh, kind of yeah. said, uh, he said there's four different things like you need to be aware of and at least three of them needs to be true is what he said, if I understood it correctly. Um, yeah. So the, f the first one he has is like tens, there needs to be at least tens of millions of potential users. I think that's not necessarily true for like a tiny seed kind of company. Um. And then he's like, it needs to be a competitive advantage, um, like the as a distribution model. I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure about that for me, but I mean, it's almost like a disadvantage if everyone else is doing it. Yeah, it's table stakes. Yeah, yeah. and then he said, it like the product needs to be simple enough for people to get started on their own. Kind of like there can't be like an enterprise sales process, or there can't like you can't. Like everyone can't talk to your customer success people and get like, you know, concierge onboarding and stuff like that. It's pretty right. obvious. Yeah. Um, and then finally, he's like, it needs to be a low marginal cost of adding new users. That's the mm -hmm. same thing. Like you can't have like your onboarding. You, you can't like onboard everyone like personally. You can't like pay a lot of money for every user. Um Right. ads and stuff like that um, yeah so those are things to think about that's we good. also we that's got good. an email from a listener jeremy um i know you have some thoughts on it but he he made some specific points about branch that i kind of wanted to also address yeah um in his email one of the things he said like he was worried about like how freemium would work for branch um and one of his points was that 
every he said every build removes the value of the last one because mm-hmm. like when you have a new build like the previous one is kind of like irrelevant and i just kind of i'm not sure i agree with that because i i really think like especially like when you look at the branch ui it's like the builds like they really stack up and it's like it's a visual representation of the value you've received if that makes sense yeah like i got mm-hmm. all these builds like i didn't have to do this manually like he did all this for me and then he was also talking about like making sure you're giving away like enough builds i think or like maybe offering unlimited builds and then differentiate on other things and cuz he, maybe people wouldn't see the the value of like paying for more builds but i'm like it, it's pretty obvious i think it's pretty obvious what a build is worth like if you're a developer you know that like running something on a on a like compute unit is expensive in some way yeah. like at least it costs mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. and it's like I, I just think it's like the most obvious thing to basically price based on because everyone understands the value of a build and it's like the more pills you have, the more you're probably using, the the more like successful your business is as well. It's like the more stuff you have to do, the more time and, you're saving. Yeah, and there can be loose, there can be a looser correlation there where people don't know. Uh, it, it's not totally accretive. Like I could do a build and be like, oh, that was a waste because <laughs> I, I like I realized shortly after I ran it that it was going to fail or something. Like it feels like a throwaway in a sense, but you can get around that by having you know, levels and, and not having it be totally atomic. Like if you were saying yeah. each build, co- you know, it's going to cost you whatever a yeah, dollar, yeah, yeah. but no, you're not thinking like that. So no, I agree. Like, and, and I, you know, looking at my uh, pipeline and like build history in Heroku, there is a satisfaction from seeing the history. And, and also it's, I mean, it's important to see the history. So the, the fact that seeing the history has value too, it's like a record of what's going on yeah. in your organization and that that's all value. So. I agree with that 100%. I want to give a shout out for uh, like Jeremy's sign off in the email because I thought it was really funny. So he wrote, you're living this real time and I just dip in when you release an episode. So this may be my brain misfiring. Use play with or ignore as you like. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> That's, that is great. No, I, I, I am living this real time, man. Yeah. Well, um, congratulations on all the progress this week. Yeah. Um, in related to freemium, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. I think this episode is going to be a little longer because we have so much to talk about about freemium. Um, I was watching a talk with Nick Franklin from Chart Mogul, which is more like in line with your product. And he was talking about freemium as well. And he had a really interesting point about hard versus soft limits. So mm. basically like products with a soft limit, like you can use... You can use the product as much as you want. It just gets more and more annoying. Um, yeah. And then, so that would be something like Slack. It just gets more and more annoying that messages are getting lost and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, whereas versus a heart limit where it's like, okay, you run out of builds. Like you can't get anything done before you pay for more builds. Yes. Um, so it's easier to charge. Like you need a higher volume to have a product that has soft limits on the freemium plan is basically the, the, the idea about it. You need a higher volume of what? Of like users. Cause okay. you don't have the heart limit where you was like, okay, now you guys are going to pay. I see. 
Yeah, I ha- I have I have direct thoughts on this, and this is actually my response to that email. I think they're connected in the feedback. Mm. Uh, where, um, and, and this is how I've been thinking about freemium for SimSAS is I, I have one hard limit in the investor version at the moment, which is you can, you can track, uh, and monitor the full metrics history and forecast of three portfolio companies. And if you want to do more than three, um, you have to add a credit card and, and even then it's really inexpensive to add the next one, the next one. Um, we'll see if I keep okay. that. I feel good about it right now, but on the soft side, I think that is, it's exactly what Slack did so well is, and I think it's brilliant. It's, it's almost like, how do you, you said it gets more annoying. What, what really is happening too, is that underneath the surface, maybe unbeknownst, unbeknownst to the user, because they're not thinking about your product all the time, but they're using it. Right. But all the while they're using it, the, the premium features the value of those is actually going up. So mm. they haven't unlocked them yet, but they're becoming more and more valuable. So if you, if you really want to think about it in a way, for a freemium product, when somebody comes and they choose the free version, they're basically saying, look, the value proposition of the paid one just isn't strong enough yet, right? Mm. So what the free product is doing is it's causing them to engage and it's actually strengthening the value proposition of the p- premium version relative to the free version. So to give an example, the ability to search your Slack history has no value when you first sign up for Slack. Like in the first moment, it's irrelevant because you have no history to search. The more you use it, the more important searching that history is. And so the value proposition of the premium version is actually getting stronger. And in that case, it's really a painkiller for a pain that the user creates on themselves, if you want to think of it that way. Um, yeah. they're, creating, they're creating the pain and then the, the solution has always been there, but they didn't need it until a certain point. And that's kind of the soft, it is definitely a soft limit because it's, it's arbitrary. It's like going to be different for every organization and user. Um, but then there are some other things like uh, that I think about, like creating these soft limits for SimSAS, for example, one of them is also history and it's the ability to, as a founder, you know, you're, it's, you're creating new forecasts. Actually, the system's automatically creating new forecasts for you every time your data changes. So it's kind of like an auto, <laughs> it's an auto build happening um, every time they, a, a metrics change on a daily basis. But yeah. um, at first, I don't think companies really appreciate the value of historical forecasts, right? Like the forecast, the only one that they really perceive as having value is the one they just created. It's like the one they're looking at right now. Yeah. But a sufficiently mature organization, and it's hard to say when this is exactly because it's different for every company. At some point when you go through due diligence or you're looking to be acquired or you're looking to raise money or heck, you're looking to bring on a team member or an executive, what do you need to show them? Ideally, you show them some kind of track record, right? not just of your metrics, but a track record of hitting your numbers, you know, of achieving your goals, of beating your forecasts. And so who knows when that is? It could be two months in for some companies. It could take two years to get there and other companies may never get to that point. But at some point when they go, oh man, I really wish we had some way of showing our track record that now that history of forecasts actually has a ton of value 
Yeah, <laughs> um, it makes and, a lot of sense. Hey, it's 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 there. It's ready ready for you to unlock. You know. So and and I think this is the thing I love about freemium. Honestly, is that it it it, it frees you up to create value among along many other dimensions than you can do in 14 days or seven days yeah. or 30 days on a trial. It's like, yeah. how would you, that can't be a trigger. The one I just described can't be a trigger in 14 days. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no one's going to need that in 14 days. Well, it just, it doesn't make sense. So maybe um, the, the user yeah. had signed up yesterday who onboarded himself in one minute. <laughs> he needs like a five minute <laughs> trial or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I think what you're doing with the freemium version is you're loosening a bunch of constraints that you put on yeah. yourself with the trial, and I, you know, it. I feel like it gives us a broader canvas to create these triggers and these value dimensions, and that can be dangerous. But I think implemented well, it's also very powerful. I mean, let's look look at Slack. You know, they monetize very fast actually for a freemium company <laughs> they yeah. went i think they went to a million arr and it was under a year so yeah. and like freemium right now for me is pretty cheap to implement because i don't have it so like some of the customers i have now will probably just go on a free plan um mm -hmm. so i'll lose that revenue but it's very small but if i wait mm -hmm. three months and it's like now it's more money <laughs> do i want to like it just it creates a the it's the longer i wait like the less motivated i'll be to kind of like postpone that revenue and move to freemium so yeah. it's like it's it seems like it's a good time to try it out and it's pretty revertible as well yeah. like i could just not do it anymore the yeah the the switching cost of going to a free model will hurt yeah. a lot more later. and like one of the things i I mentioned to you was this podcast is a good example of freemium because it's a free thing and like we have a lot of momentum with this podcast like we have 14 episodes released right now when we're recording this number 15 and we have more than 500 like unique listeners every week Mm -hmm. and we've i feel like we got those <laughs> listeners in no time and this is like the easiest thing ever to do this podcast it's it's so yeah. easy and i feel like we did almost no promotion to get that um, right right but the reason why it's easy is because it's 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 uh it's a great offer i guess it's like people want to listen to this kind of stuff and it's free like that's a pretty good offer right there yeah like i feel like right now we're some of the stuff we've said in the last 10 minutes is resonating with somebody that's listening and they're going, yeah, yeah. or, oh, or no, I, th that's not how you should think about it. Like, and they're, they're wanting typing to engage. an email right now. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> typing the next email, um, which I think is great. And, you know, hey, I, that's me when I listen to the other podcasts in this space. So I, um, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's a good example. And yeah. And actually now, funny enough, uh, it's becoming a thing to be able to monetize podcasts more easily. Um, and I don't want to get into all that, but I know Art of Product, for example, Ben was kicking around the idea of some kind of paid version of their of their podcast, which I'm pretty sure I would subscribe as long as it was reasonable. I, I can't get enough of this kind of content. <laughs> for some it's my reason. backup plan, man, if Branch doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. See how many that listeners we can get here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, hey. Um, it's always, I mean, I do admire the folks that can do that and uh, it, it's, it's not impossible. It's obviously requires a huge, 
huge audience and a lot of dedication. I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near there, but I am looking forward to the next conference and, and hopefully, you know, even more to talk about with some folks that I've never met in person, but they've been listening and it's, um, it's exciting. So both launching into the freemium world and both have done new product, uh, related launches in the last five days. Should we give a tiny little maker update as well? So we keep our promise of maker and manager updates. I think we should. The managers have really hogged the limelight. <laughs> yeah. So did your maker do anything this week? <laughs> well, he he was a slave to the manager this week. Uh, <laughs> he just cranked out lots of fits and finish and polish and bug fixes and friction removal and just all that stuff, basically honing and honing the heck out of the uh, free version of the investor product. And uh, honestly, it felt really good. I, I love this stage. Like when you get, um, so for example, uh, yesterday there was an investor that signed up, um, really excited about him using it. And he, he recorded a seven minute loom video of himself onboarding to the product. That's amazing. <laughs> and then sent it to me. It's like, not only am I interested in, in doing this, um, but I'm going to live record myself trying to use it for your benefit and then send that to you. Um, didn't ask him <laughs> at all. And so, so awesome. But you know what it's like to watch somebody, you know, use your baby, if you will, or like try it <laughs> out without you being able to do. And like I talked on previous episodes where I knew somebody while I was on the phone with them was doing that, but I couldn't see them doing it. Yeah. Um, and they weren't talking, they weren't talking out loud. They're just clicking and kind of quietly, you know, agitated in their brain about it. And, and you could kind of, you're just kind of hoping your fingers are all crossed. Like, oh, I hope it goes well. Well, no, like in this case, it's a video of him with his screen, his mouse moving around. He's talking. He's like, oh, so I guess this means this and this means that. And I'm like, kind of, yeah. And then he's like, oh, this is great. I'm like, yes. You know, it's like, Total emotional roller coaster for seven minutes, <laughs> a lot. But what the, the maker had to do, the maker like I'm sitting on the couch last night uh, after the kids went to bed, and I couldn't help myself. I like I played that video back, and he would get to certain parts of that of that, and I would pause it, and I would like go fix <laughs> whatever it was that he was mentioning, and then I would unpause and then fix again. Yeah, so I I, I pushed out a, another couple updates, uh, one last night, one this morning, that just kind of fixed a bunch of just rough edges. And it's like, ah, oh, he really needed a tool tip here. Um, but overall it was a success. And the fact that he, uh, did that, I think it was its own validation. So, um, but that was what the maker did this week is just, um, that, and I will say, um, actively using CICD every time now. So, um, I, it's, uh, auto deploying and I actually caught a bad build this week, which felt really good. <laughs> um, and it was funny because as listeners know, I wasn't doing this, you know, a few months ago and I would have moments where I would, you know, push something and then realize I hadn't tested a certain, you know, um, conditional flow. Uh, I realized that this time, but then I was like, oh, but I have a test for that. <laughs> and sure enough, it failed. It did not go live. And I didn't have any of those minutes of like, oh, you know, somebody's going to hit that and it's going to break. You know, it just, it was wonderful. So um, not You're that that's becoming the goal, a believer, but it felt so good. <laughs> felt so good. No, I, I'm I'm sold out. And now, now that I have a pipeline, you know, there's value in me just spending afternoons, you know, writing more 
high quality tests and just, I think it's going to really help me go faster later. So um, that was the main this week. I love it. Thank you. A true CICD believer in the making. <sighs> Getting so jazzed. <laughs> Yeah, I need a, I need a, I need a t-shirt and the Kool-Aid, please. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you, how have you been? I did do a ton of maker stuff this week. Um I did do a few things uh that I like to point out cuz they're kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So in Branch I have the templates that I've talked about a few times now on the show as well, and they're just like they're really paying off. Like I'm super excited about the ability to just like basically create templates for everything I can think of and it takes no time and just release it and it counts like it literally counts as a release like a formal release I can put it in headway and have like a little notification like we now support this thing just because I added a tiny little basically like Mm. pre-population of the build step form Um, so one thing I did was I did that for a new theme framework called WP rig and okay. it got quite a bit of traction and uh, some people were interested in it and basically I might live stream basically with a, a customer next week basically live stream him configuring a new WP Rick based theme on Pantheon so that's pretty funny very cool and then very the cool. other I, thing I, was sorry content engine no it's great to hear the content engine it, has life exactly it is and it's a uh, yeah, it's just great to be able to, with a really low effort, just like, yeah, create content. And yeah, it's great. Another thing I did was I was like, how much would it take to basically have a build step hook into Zapier? Because um, in Zapier, you can just create a webhook. Mm-hmm. And you c- it's pretty easy to use uh, curl to do HTTP requests in a branch build step. Uh-huh. Um, so I set up, Basically, just a template that'll make a curl request to uh, you specify a Zapier webhook URL, and it'll re- just like send a curl HTTP request with all the uh, environment variables from your build, like your branch, your repository name, um, your pull request number in GitHub, and that way you can nice. basically. So it took again, it took like ten minutes to do this. And then you can have after every build, you can post to Slack or something like that that says, oh, I just successfully deployed um, this theme to uh, from this repository for this branch. And it's that's like, awesome. that's a lot of value to just be able to create in 10 minutes. Yeah, you, you have such a great uh, set of components now to mix yeah. and match. You, you got this awesome mix table, basically, where you can just... You know, if if you tweak or add to any of those and then recombine, you've got another yeah. value. Exactly, that's, that's great, man. And uh, the WP rig one actually really paid up, uh, paid off. There's a, a there's a really popular newsletter in WordPress called Post Status, and last week they um, they they posted about the Pantheon integration because they saw like that I was tweeting about it or something like that, so they were like apparently branch is working on a pantheon integration and they included that in the newsletter which was pretty exciting but this week someone at post status had seen the wp rick template i've added so again like it's literally 10 minutes of work um but it was in the newsletter this yesterday or whenever it was it's like branch now supports uh this new theme framework wp rick it's like 
it's it is working like the cutscene machine is working when that stuff happens it is and with your q4 objective in mind you have a whole key result that is all about giving yourself the time to focus on that yeah so i'm excited about that i uh That's great i'm back in my old good old good mood yay and uh <laughs> i'm going to uh to keep fighting it's <laughs> great man well, yeah the wood chopping has really helped yeah, that's great. I, I think for me, those are like walks with the dog and um, usually extra biking. Good, good yeah. biking. It's good time. to get out so, there. Cool, man. Cool. We yeah. crossed 40 minutes and uh, nothing terrible wow. happened, but uh, maybe we should call it a show. All right. Let's wrap it up. Take care, man. Thanks, Peter. Bye for now.